Welcome to Sassholes, the podcast, the show where me, Jamie Kearney, and Pete say hi, Pete. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Talk about everything and anything that we've learned over our 60 years of combined experience in the SaaS environment. SaaS, as we don't know, is software as a service. More we'll the cover things from, that we don't know. Yeah. We'll cover sales, which we've covered a lot of, product, data analytics, which I have a lot of experience in, finance. Basically, all of these areas we've all, Peter and I have had experience in, and that's what we try to discuss on these podcasts. So welcome if this is your first podcast, and please subscribe and like us today. Um, Smash, pound the like button. The like Five button. stars, Subs- Apple reviews. Yeah, like us. Um, and if you all- don't like us, give us six stars. Yeah, and then also if you have any topics or you want to join us on any podcast, you can find us on LinkedIn or you can go to sassholes.net and reach out to us. We are more than welcome, uh, welcoming every single topic to talk about and bringing on guests, which we've had a lot of and have a lot more in queue. Okay, before we get started, we've got shout outs. Pete, who do you want to start us off with with the shout out? Uh, you want a shout out or you want a joke, Karnak? What do you feel? Like? Uh, whichever depressed? one. You want to do the joke? Do uh, the really bad joke of the day. Well, it's, I wouldn't say it's bad, but my, my wife is really mad at the fact that I have no sense of direction. So I packed up my stuff and write. Oh, that's pretty bad. <laughs> you don't even get it. How, how about yes, this? Yes, I for... do get it. I pack up my bag and left. But since oh, you okay. don't have the direction, it went right. Yes, I get it. It was bad. Because if you, if you have a bad sense of direction, that could be a mental issue that you could get corrected at NeuroNoodle. Oh, Daddy. hey, well, let's bring in our commercial right now. Get a doodle of your noodle at NeuroNoodle.com. We actually have a special exclusive offer for SAS whole listeners. What if you special go to, is that? If you go to NeuroNoodle.com or you call NeuroNoodle, they're based out of Vernon Hills, and you uh, ask to get a brain map, a brain map, you, you want to get... A brain map will give you the data that you need to understand and diagnose the feelings and symptoms that you're experiencing. You get a brain map that's typically $199. But if you mention sassholes when you're booking your appointment, it's 99. It takes about 20 minutes, completely unintrusive. All they do is put a cap with some gel on your head. Your own electricity gets amplified on this device and it compares your brain activity to a half a million normal brains and tells you where you're where you're having higher activity or lower activity based on standard deviations off of that. It's rather, if you're just going to do that, it's so helpful because you can use that for concussions for your kids. Like that's what your brain was before a concussion. And now you have scientific evidence that that's what it will be after. But you can also either get it diagnosed there with Dr. Laura Jansen's or bring it to your doctor and they can diagnose the symptoms. They should be able it's to. The, it's the it. future, Carney. It is. It's yep. great technology, guys. It's amazing. And I've had two kids go through it. So I got uh, it. I got an example of somebody who could use it. It's the right of the people to have burr, 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 burr. <laughs> <laughs> You know the thing. <laughs> you know the thing. The thing. The thing. The thing. Right. This is my sister, uh, my wife. My. No, you're not married to your <laughs> Pete, I hope you're not married to your sister. <laughs> um, yes, All Dr. Right, Laura so... Jantz is one of the leading neurologists in the country, and she is well-versed in neurofeedback and how to use that as a portion of her treatment when she's treating ADHD and all other mental health issues. Mental she's on her way to DC. She's on her way to DC right now, right now. Oh, is she really? Wow. 
All right. So um, shout outs. Let's go through some shout outs. Pete, who do you want to start with? Well, let's talk about neuropsychologists. I just met Dr. Skip Wren on the NeuroNoodle podcast. Really bright cat, man. Awesome chat. Uh, they'll have that podcast up. Talking about COVID and kids, kind of a guide for parents on how, you know, what's going on with kids and COVID and how to deal with it. Who do you got a shout out for there, Karnak? I'm going to start us off with Nick Loraco. He is a, I met him at a company called Flexera. He just left to become a BDR at GovQA. He's a fellow Marquette alum, really bright guy. I wish him all but the best. So Nick, here's your shout out. Nick, how you doing? How you doing? I got another one for you. Alexander Shaboud, Director of Talent at Blacksmith Agency. Uh, we had a brief discussion last week on the topic of ghosting, how, what to do and what not to do. Had a really great chat. What's next for you there, Karnak? Kyle Henning. He's a manager of Outbound Sales. At Stripe, I, I, I met Kyle, really bright guy. He's like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, so he's one of the okay. few guys I have to, uh, I, I, I'm not uh, looking down on or at least uh, eye level with. He's, he's higher up, and, and he's, the sky's the limit for this guy. Good guy, came from LinkedIn and Flexair as well, and he's over there running a whole new outbound sales team at Stripe. All right, I got my last one, and I always screw this up, so maybe, Tommy, you can uh, chime in how to pronounce your last name. Tommy Nguyen, Nguyen, N-G-U-Y-E-N, just got a gig at uh, Salesforce. Looks like we trained another one for Salesforce, Carney. I've got an account executive there. We worked together back in the day. Good job for you, Tommy. Make that, yeah. make that cash. My final shout-out, go to Megan Roney. She just left Flexera. She's a sales ops person, great person. I worked with her for about a year and a half really thoughtful and uh, dedicated individual. So good luck on your next endeavor. Good luck and never call her Megaroni. Megaroni. Oh, I never <laughs> thought of that. All right. So we'll go through the depressing news of the day or do we have news of the day? What's our news? Ah, we got day? some, I'm sure, you know, these are all going to be time uh, stamp proper. But we had the non-farm payrolls uh, increased by 638,000 in October. The un unemployment rate fell at 6.9%. The economist survey by the Dow Jones had a forecast of 530,000 and 7.7%. So that's good. That's good. They're news. all great. Remember, full employment's 5% unemployment. It's full employment. So we're close to that. I don't think 2021 is going to see growth in, in unemployment. Uh, I mean, uh, lesser unemployment than probably where we're at now. There's usually a lag going into Christmas and then to start the new year. Some of these companies that have been hanging on to people from furloughing and stuff like that, which you're going to start laying people off because uh, certain sectors of the economy have been crushed like hotel and hospitality, restaurants and bars. A lot of small businesses are going to be... Uh, feeling it and have been feeling it and it's gonna it's gonna get worse before it one gets of the worse. highlights though on this report just glancing at it hospitality and professional business services showed the biggest gain so uh, restaurant workers are still fighting out there carney they are keep up the fight living in a community you wanna you want to help them fight as much as possible All go right, order that, some food uh, go order some food yes uh, then there was a link that i i put up and a report that said working 40 hours a week is bad, Carney. It's bad for our mental health. Uh, yeah. According to a study from the Australian National University, you would think this would come out of France, right? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't Australia like a huge lockdown right now for like 180 days? Uh, How are they working 40 hours a week? 
I thought uh, I thought Australia's at one point wasn't Australia's number two export of business the Wiggles. I mean, <laughs> shrimp and the Barbie and the Wiggles kid show. I believe that's all they it does. I don't. I think that's going to hit our EA rating. <laughs> they say here. Let me read this to you. Experts say working damages a person's mental and physical health because it leaves less time to eat well and look after ourselves. Reachers found the average healthy work limit for women is only 34 hours a week. The limit for men is 47 hours. Oh boy. That's going to be hey, Experts say women, women are given extra demands at work and it's unhealthy for them to work long hours. So ladies, remember to take time for yourself. The next time you find yourself staying late at the office, you know, I, yeah, I I do believe we had a previous leader that would always say, we're paying you for 40 hours of work. If you can't get it done in 40 hours, you're either in over your head or we need to get more help. But we're going to have to decide at that point what 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 the answer is. And mm-hmm. And so I do believe 40 hours is what you should be striving towards. In fact, very relevant. That's what our topic is today. I don't know if we want to get into that or we have any other news. No, no, that's that's it. I'm sure uh, I'm going to get our a lot to- of yeah, our topic love, today. Love mail. Our topic today, which happens especially with a lot of you younger guys out there, but it happens to everyone. What to do when you're working too much? When you're working more than 40 hours a week, 60 hours a week, and and it, it, in my case lately, it's been over 100 hours a week. It's Ernie, that's really wage, man. Yeah, it's really uh, taxing. It's taxing on you and taxing on your whole family. So what do you do? And I'm not a great example of what to do because I agreed with that article is when you're working so much, your mental health and your your health in general takes a back seat because especially with me, I have a family, I have kids. So when I'm working as much, it's, it's penalizing my entire family. And on top of that, so not only am I suffering, but when I have free time, I'm trying to make sure the kids and the family are having as nice of a time as possible, which means my health is either taking an even further seat. So what do we do? How do you cope with stress? I think one of the things well, that I need to eat my own sauce is get sleep, wake up early, sauce. and get some, get, get some exercise in before your day starts and just carve out time. What's your thoughts? Well, what is too much? I mean, is it 40 hours? I mean, what's that book, uh, Four Hour Work Week? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Tim Ferriss. Yeah. That's, a, that's kind of an interesting book. What I'm, my thoughts are that you got to take away the lower value activities and kind of, you can outsource them now, right? Whether, yeah, you know, if it's uh, Upwork or it's freelancer, you can take those low value tasks and kind of get an assistant and it's really, you know, cheap. So, if, so if you're working 40 hours and, you know, 10 of those hours are working on tasks that aren't wor- worth anything, you know, you got to get somebody else to do it is my thought. Yeah, there's that. There's also, there's a lot of people that, are in like non-sales roles that are doing maybe reports and stuff like that for uh, managers. And I'd always say this to guys that work for me doing reports and they would just, they would be working on these reports on a weekly basis and just putting it out there and not getting, not, they would just be doing it because they're process oriented type of people. And I'd always say to them, just don't do it for a couple of weeks and see if anyone notices. You know what I mean? So that's one way to cut things out is if you're doing something that you're not getting any feedback on, no one's talking to you about it. No one's asking for it. And you just stop doing it and it, it'll go away. 
and you'll never have to do it. And that frees up some of your meaningless tasks that might be filling up an hour or two, but you need to start testing it, especially when you're not getting feedback on it. So that, that's one, one tactic to deploy is wait when they, when they ask for it, then you know somebody's looking at it and then you know it might be seen as important. But there's so many times I've had people that just stop doing it and then they never do it again because no one asks them for it. Like reading a CC email. Do you, do you spend time reading it? Oh, yeah. That's another thing. And it, I think it drives some people nuts. I'm not great with, uh, people would say I'm not great with Outlook, right? And emails. If, if your oh, email really? is two sentences long, I, I tend to tune it out. But at the same time, there are times where I'm working on something, I on purpose ignore email. I shut it because it becomes a distraction. It actually takes away. If you're working on something and you're intense, intently working on something, email and everything else becomes a distraction. So something you could get out and done in two hours could take three or four just because you're slipping in and out of paying attention because you're losing thought process every now and then. And it also contributes to ADHD. So right. email, you want to shut that down as best as possible and not respond to it. It's uh, other... Well, I mean, email, especially if you got those notifications on, Yeah, it, it comes down to a classical you know, conditioning thing where you get that rush that, oh, I got a message. I got to stop what I'm doing, right? Mm-hmm. You got to turn off those notifications because it's just fixed times of the day where you're going to answer email and let everybody know in advance what your policy is on that, especially yeah, so, your boss. So, so far, what we've talked about is making sure you're getting sleep and and getting in some activity uh, before your day starts. Those are things I, I obviously need to take well, my own advice. The other thing is remove distractions and remove a lower end work, either outsourcing it or just not do it and see if anyone pays attention. Because sometimes your work that you might think everyone needs is not what anyone needs. And I'm not trying to dim- diminish your value, but I'm trying to speed up your time of being effective. Right. And I'll throw another one out there. Uh, substance abuse, right? Oh yeah. Don't Booze. turn to that. Yeah. Booze. Yeah. Booze. I can think a lot of people turn to that. Can you, can you give it up for 21 days? Right. If you can give it up for 21 days, you're okay. If you can't, ah. so I mean, in the middle yeah. of COVID now, it's like an excuse. All right. Because, you know, as you, depending what your age is, man, if you get older, if you're older and you're complaining about your time management, that your body's ability to process alcohol diminishes, right? So if you're complaining that, oh, I don't have time, I'm stressed and glug, 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 yeah. doesn't help. Doesn't help. That's one thing I don't have a problem. I've drank probably one beer in the last two months. My alcohol go, consumption Cardi. has gone way down. I've never been a huge drinker, but just uh i think part of it is i've always been a social drinker and with the way the world is now there's no social there's not as much social time actually i strike that i i actually had a couple beers at dinner at one time with a friend caught up so maybe three in the last two months but yeah it's been very limited so yeah so don't turn to substance abuse in fact pull back on your substance abuse. And during COVID, a lot of people did talk about how much wine they were drinking and stuff like that. It was almost like they were making light of it, but it does become a problem. Rationalization, justification. Yeah, it does become a problem. And and so a lot of people have sat there and used alcohol or whatever um, a lot more during this time. And we're saying... I, I would say pull it back during this time, during stressful times. What else? Any other advice on how to handle hope with? Well, you're working too much. I mean, here, listen to this. I would, again, get on the same page with your boss because the stuff that you're yeah. working on, does the boss even want you to be doing it? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the reports, all that stuff that like you talked about, ignored and whatnot. To me, it's like I would confirm 
if it's every week or every two weeks with your boss, what do you want me to do? First of all, how many hours should you be working in a year? Okay, 40 hour work week, that's what, 2000 hours a year? Yeah. Is that what you should be doing? Is it a 1500 hour a year job? You know, what, what is it gonna take? Yeah, I think I think that that's a good point is you need to get on the same page as the boss. You also need to know, is this a temporary or is this how it is? And if it is how it is, sometimes your boss just is one of those guys that just, or girls that just really loves to work a lot of hours. And that, that used to become a problem when we were in office, because when you were in office, you would tend to go to the office and feel like you need to get there early and stay there late to mimic the hours of your boss. Now that there is no office, the only problem with mentality is you seem to get pinged a lot when you're at home. And because you always get pink because you're always at home. But now there's no delineation between when I leave the off, usually as an indication to anyone who's working that I'm not as available. Now there's no indication. You can't turn your office lights off and stuff like that because no one knows. And the assumption is that you're always available. So there's got to be a way maybe in your teams or your IM system where you might want to just flip it to not available. You know what I mean? So that they can't reach out to you. And that could be a way to signal that, hey, I'm not available right now. Don't instant communicate to me, but email me if you need me or text me if you need me for emergency purposes only. But you need to get on the same page with the boss. And you need to understand if it's temporary or long-term. If it's long-term and this isn't right for you, you know, maybe the answer is go get a new job. You know what I mean? It could be answer besides your boss is married to working 100 hours a week. And some of it might not seem very meaningful work. That's just how he or she operates. At that point, you just need to make a decision. Is this what you want? There's a lot of times when you're younger, guys, it's temporary. When you work at the CPA firms, the public accounting firms, law firms, you know, Right. Plugging in a lot of hours because you're the cheap billable hour that they can make more money off of with their clients. So they want you to work as many hours as possible. They know that you're only going to be there two to three years and only 10% of them are going to stay or maybe 20% are going to stay and become managers. The other 80% of accountants are just going to go work for the clients that they're doing audits for. So they know that that's the recipe and that's, that's sort of how it works because they need you out there where they're paying you, you know, I don't know, 50, 60, 80 bucks an hour, but they're charging the client 500 bucks an hour for uh, any services that they provide. You know, I gave this advice to one of my clients last week. This topic came up you know, about working and what they're working on. Get an old school notepad, you know, those reporter ones, those little ones that fit in your hand, old school pencil or pen. Start to end of your day, time log what you're doing. Just jot it down. Jot down those notes that that are stopping in your tracks in the time of the day that it's happening. And then at the end of the week, sum it up in an Excel and see what you're spending your time on. Mm-hmm. It will blow your mind on the little things that, oh my God, smokers. Oh, do people still smoke, Carney? I think they do. Well, now they're smoking like other things, but yeah, which is even worse. But I mean, I remember back when we were in the offices, the smoke breaks. You could see the smokers and the non-smokers. The non-smokers were getting paid less than the smokers, right? Yeah. Because they're working less. Oh, I remember I used to take, I used to take smoke breaks. I didn't smoke, but I would go with the smokers just to sort of get a break. Maybe do that. When I would say when I was working downtown in an office, my afternoon break was a coffee run to Starbucks. It becomes expensive, but it was a way to get, to break up the monotony of the afternoon and sort of get out and talk to somebody. Try to do that. I mean, yeah, try to get those breaks in there as much as possible. Can't be tuned in all the time. It's just going to lead to burnout. Well, those smoke Um, breaks, 
how many positive things are talked about in a smoke break? Nothing positive <laughs> is talked about. You know, and the other thing is breaks. I think that's a good, good, good thing to talk about, especially in sales. And our former leader used to say this all the time. He would say, don't say I'm going to do cold calling for a half hour, or I'm going to do cold calling for an hour, and then I'm going to go take a break. Because all that does is means you're not as efficient during that hour, because you're, you're just waiting for that hour to end, right? Instead, say, I'm going to make 30 calls. I'm going to do a task, and then I'm going to take a break. And you almost got to do that as well. That, that helps with time management. But time management, I think, gets misconstrued as, what do I do within this hour? It's how many activities can I get done in within this hour? Can I go at it hardcore so I do get a break? As opposed to, I'm going to work on this for an hour and then take a break. You're just not going to be efficient at it. Well, you got to figure out if you're a morning person or an afternoon person. If you got to do the cold calls or all the un- whatever the uncomfortable part of your job is, you need to figure out when that is. Because you're talking about dial blocks, right? You know, yeah. nobody wants to pick up the phone because nobody wants to get rejected because they take it personally because their goals aren't big enough. Don't get me going. But it's is it 25 calls in a row? Is it 10? Whatever it is, okay, for you to get in that groove because it's a routine that you're getting in. It's a routine that you sound confident and you're not trailing off. Because your first few phone calls aren't good because you're just getting going. And your last few phone calls aren't that good because you're trying to get done with it. It's those middle few that are that are awesome. And you need to track, you know, when are you the most effective? You know, it could be 30 minutes. You get a 30 minutes on and, you know, 10 minutes off. Whatever it is, everybody's unique and, and different. But it's for you to, to know your numbers and what kind of person you are to see when you're the most effective. Because, you know, if it is a 40-hour-a-week job and it's taking you 50 that's kind of where your boss has to come in and let you know where you're going off to have that occasion. You know, when, when do you bring in your boss to help you out, Carney? Well, I think you, I think you need to be, if you're at the point where you feel like you're working way too much, bring your boss into the equation and let them know how you stand. Cause it'll either be rectified or at least he is, or she is aware the stress that you're feeling yourself under and he might be able to alleviate some of that work. I'll be honest, what typically happens is the busiest person in on the team is typically the one that's asked to do more and more. The reason why that person is busy is because they're valuable or seen as valuable in some capacity or another. And so therefore, they're also the person that everyone goes to. So it becomes unsurmountable at times when you're getting asked to do this, do that, do this, do that. But wear that as a badge of honor in some regards because they're seeing that as valuable. The parts where it's not valuable is when you're getting asked to do something and then they're asking you constantly, where are we with this? Why is this taking so long and things of that nature? Those are the, those are the points where it might be you're busy, but you're not effective. However, when you're busy and effective is when, can you do this? Can you look at that? Can you do this? Can you look at that? Can you do this? Can you look at that? And you're getting it from other people within the organization. That's typically mean that you're seen as uh, effective. Bring your boss into the equation. He or she might just not be aware of the pain that you're under. And then at the same point, a lot of times people, and this is where I, you know, I need help on as well. This is the point where you would or could go to your boss and say, Hey, Want to get paid more? <laughs> you know the company? <laughs> no, you're always worth more at another company. Yeah, at another company. Um, but you can you can get that. I think Pete, you were involved at one point where I was just sort of like, yeah, I'm not working here anymore for how much I'm getting paid. And well, uh, you, sometimes that you're, works you're, in your favor. Well, you're a numbers guy. 
you can objectively give the data to support the argument. Salespeople are subjective and they just say, I, I feel like I'm working too much. And then you ask to quantify it. They can't. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's sure. another thing. Yeah. Quantify, quantify what you're doing and know if you're smart enough, you know, when is the right time to maybe have those conversations. Obviously during this economic landscape, you know, it's not a great time because uh, the opportunities outside of the company you work for aren't as fruitful as they were, you know, a year ago. So the options, so there's always a balance of power in the economy, right? Employees get power when we're probably under 5% unemployment. Employees have more of the upper hand and can demand more things because their skill sets are harder to fill. But when unemployment is higher, employers get the upper hand and they can pay you less and, and have you suck it up and deal with it. That's not a great strategy to have, but it happens. It doesn't happen in that regard. A company doesn't, a CEO doesn't go through and say, suck it up, we can deal with it. It's the CEO's looking in and saying, we got to pull back benefits. We got to pull back this. We got to pull back that. We got to remove merit just to get the overall company and the aggregate to survive. So the employers have the upper hand because they're making financial decisions that impact the individual worker. But if the economy is good and you're working like crazy in the right sector, in the right sector, and you know where you stand, it's a great time to say, hey, I demand to get paid. I don't know if you want to say it that way, but uh, step up. You don't to want to say it yourself. that way. <laughs> but you do want them, at that point, you, you almost want indications to them to know that you are open to other activities, other yeah. companies, so that they, if they're intuitive enough, they could sit there and say, I'm going to lose this person if I don't. Fix you know, kind of an interesting way to do it is, do you mind if I take out another job because I'm not making enough here for the time that I'm putting in? Yeah. I mean, it, it, that you can go about it by dropping hints, you know, to others that you're sort of looking at other opportunities, uh, maybe not your direct boss, but in a way you almost want that to get to your direct boss without you knowing, you know, there's there passive uh, aggressive but, ways of doing it. Well, there's ways you can communicate. We're not in the office setting, but it, you know, in the old days, you could stand outside somebody's office and have a communication with somebody else that can be overheard. Oh yeah. Or in, in. The way the environment works today, casual every day, and then you show up to the office in a suit. You know what I mean? If, right. If you showed up in the office randomly in a suit, people would always be like, what's going on? You make up some excuse. That just sort of does an indication. I think some people would do that and go to just to, just to keep people on their toes. On the flip side, if you're, you're a manager, always be interviewing people. It keeps the salespeople on your toes, even if you don't need anybody. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Always bring somebody in. You should do that, especially in sales, because you have a third of sales are not going to be there. If you start off with 90 people, 30 of them are not going to be there by the end of the year statistically. So if you have nine people on your team, one, three of them are going to be gone. So you should always be interviewing for three. Always have options. Always have options. Carney, we got one of, the, one of the things on the list here is how to cope with stress. What's your definition of stress? And then I'll give mine. I think Stress to me is when I have a hard time turning it off. That's when you're very stressed. What I mean by that is you shut down your computer for the day. We don't go home for the day, but maybe shut down your computer for the day. And you're sitting there with your family 
and you're thinking what you need to do the next day or what you forgot to do. Or like when, you're, like when your internet goes out. Or your internet goes out, yeah. But just all of that stuff, that just adds to the stress. When you're worried about what other people are thinking of your work, that stress. And then how do you cope with it? I'm not good at it. I eat my stress. It's a, it's a physical response, mental or emotional response to, to something, how your body deals with whatever. You know, anxiety and stress. To me, anxiety is the fear of the unknown or the lack of control. To me, if, if I don't have control over, over something, I, I find discomfort in that. And the minute where you can give yourself the feeling or your coworker or whoever you're working with, the feeling of control, they immediately feel better. That's kind of where writing down the time that you're spending on a task, things that you want to do, goals come into play. Because I used to say, you know, stress kind of comes in when your actions don't meet your goals. Like you're doing something that the the end result isn't something that you want, right? And your body knows it. And and your body knows that. So you're doing a job to trade the money for something. And if you don't have, you don't know what that something is, then you don't have a, a, a reason why or a purpose. And your body picks up on that and rebels. And I think that's where the stress comes in. Yeah, I would agree that I think stress also comes in a lot of stress comes in when you you're just not getting paid enough. And it's causing stress at home companies, if you're listening, which we know, companies aren't but if anyone's listening pay your people you'll have happier people. Um, Pay is not gonna pay is not the ultimate answer. But when you're underpaid, it 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 does impact stress quite a bit. When you're underpaid, yeah, but the but the people don't know how much they want to make. Do you know what I mean? Well, I'm not paid enough. We'll quantify that. Well, but the same. I'm not like, paid enough. I, I would agree with that. I'm not paid. I enough. mean, is is it enough? Meaning market value? You're not compared to somebody in your field. You know. Yeah, I'm not paid you know, enough. Could, usually means I'm stressed at home because the, the this this isn't making it work right. And so right. I think you just want to make sure they're paid enough. If they're paid more, great. But I don't think anyone's ever going to say, hey, I'm paid too much. Well, when they're paid enough, it means they've got stress at home to pay their bills. Right. Well, so I that's just, what you know, avoid. when you start writing down and quantifying that and, and can explain it, I yeah. think it uh, it helps the, the person understand and it helps, you know, whoever's yeah. doing the paying understand. What yeah. else you got on here, Carney? That's all I, I mean, that's really all I got. So to recap, it's if, you know, when you're when you're dealing with it, shut down activities that you don't need to do outsource activities that you don't need to do make sure you get the exercise in try to find a new pattern i think with covid and with this lockdown everyone's patterns have been thrown out of whack i know before covid i would get in patterns of going to lifetime and swim a mile almost every day um and that was a stress relief more than anything now with covid i don't do that because we don't go to that gym anymore because of all the requirements and scheduling of time. So you need to find a new, a, a new schedule, a new pattern. I know I've been thinking of Peloton, trying to convince the wife into that because I did like spinning. So who knows if we do that? But you want to think of a pattern. Get into that pattern, get in an exercise, have full communication with your boss. And if all else fails, go find a new job. I know it's not a great time, but go find a new job. You need, you're the CEO of you and you need to do that. Also, go get a doodle your noodle. Stress relief. Stress, Stress relief. relief. I, I, that, hey, when I, uh, I need to maybe schedule it next week. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to eat my own sauce and I'm going to schedule next week, Friday. I'm going to go in and get my doodle and my noodle. There, there's a, there's a bucket head size one that fits me. It should fit you there. All right. Perfect. 
All right. That's all I got. Pete, anything else we want to go book? Do we have a book to go over this topic? Four hour work week. Four hour work week. Yeah. And Tula Titans, Tim Ferriss. Those are the books I would recommend highly. And Check listen to out. his podcast as well. Okay, Pete, you want to cue the music? Chicka-wow, chicka-bow-wow. Copyright 2020, Pete Janssen's.